0: Nine ten 10 a.m. interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. I'm Dave Palmer. Cecil Anderson is running the board. Appreciate her help. And uh, I'll tell you right now, typically in this slot, uh, we do about a 20, 25-minute interview, and then you'll have a little break and then another interview. But this time, uh, we're doing what I call a double interview because I am so intrigued and so excited about this topic, this book that we're talking about, and also the guests, I've been talking to them for a while before we started. They're really dynamic and interesting, and so I've got high hopes for this. Guys, don't let me down, okay? This is. (laughs) I first want to thank uh, my dear, dear friend, Steve Porter, who I just have tremendous respect for, and he texted me recently and said, hey, can you do an interview with a a friend of mine, uh, Deacon Ron Morgan, who wrote a book? And I said, anything for you, Steve. A friend of yours, a friend of mine, and so Deacon Ron Morgan is here along with his friend and co-author Joe Provenzano. And Joe's uh, wife is here. She's not going to be in on the interview, but uh, she's here, uh, Linda. Appreciate her being here. And they have written a book called The Fallen Angel Model, Deeper into the Mysteries, along with Joe and Linda's son, Dan Provenzano and uh, again I don't know a lot about this I purposely tried not to to ask a whole lot of questions but I'm really intrigued so first of all gentlemen thanks for uh, for being here and uh, looking forward to talking about this book
1: okay great we're glad to be here
0: yeah a little bit of background about y'all personally um, Deacon Ron uh, Morgan you told me that you've been a deacon for about 15 years and you're from North Texas
1: uh, tell a little bit about your background your family You got okay. kids grandkids I married uh, my wife, Sandy, in 1968, and uh, we've raised four children here in Irving. Okay. Um, the oldest one's now, is 53, and uh, three of them live in this area. My oldest son lives in uh, Ramona, California, just east of uh, San Diego. Um, I serve at uh, Holy Family of Nazareth Parish in Irving, Texas. I've been there my whole ordination time, which was 2006. And uh, I love serving in our church, love serving in our parish.
0: Um, it says in the back of the book, uh, well, the deacon, and then Joe's the philosopher, and Dan's the scientist. Uh, are you, do you consider yourself a, a theologian?
1: Is that something,
0: obviously, you had a lot of training to become a deacon. No, Is theology your interest?
1: Yeah. It's my interest, but I'm yeah. definitely not a theologian. <laughs> okay, all right. But, uh, yes, our, one of the things I contributed to the book was to make sure we didn 't have anything in there that 's against church doctrine or yeah, church teaching, right to be very you know sensitive to that, yeah so we 're sure we don 't yes, good, and your background is sales professionally
0: and you 're retired now yes full time diaconate work, and' uh, been doing that for fifteen years okay, all right, so that 's Deacon Ron Morgan and uh, Joe uh, Provenzano is the philosopher, and he 's in <laughs> studio here as well. Uh tell us a little bit about yourself. I, hear, I understand you've got not only kids, but some grandkids. And
2: Yes. Uh, is uh, it, uh, my yeah. wife, Linda, is sitting here. She is Ron's wife's sister. Okay, So oh. we're, we're brothers-in-law.
0: Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah.
2: So Sandy and, uh, and, and Linda are, are sisters. Oh, wow. And that's okay. how we have known each other for over 50 years and been talking about these ideas for just about that long. Oh, wow. Uh, I was a... Uh, Math major and physics major okay. in college, and uh, have always been challenged and interested in faith science issues. Mm-hmm. And after college, I began to study the different philosophers and ended up at some point writing a philosophy book about like the history of philosophy. Mm. But uh, our son Dan is a has a PhD in physics from Caltech, and he grew up. Hearing these ideas, yeah and he's had his own issues, and uh the book itself turns out to be it, it couldn't have been written by any of the two of us, mm-hmm. all three uh the The backgrounds that we have have meshed in an incredible way, and I hope we can get that out because the idea that in this book is interdisciplinary it's not going to come out of the physics department or the theology department. Mm-hmm. It is a combination that uh somehow the three of us. I considered it an answered prayer because yeah. I personally prayed uh, for help to reconcile my faith in science. And yeah. it has helped me, and we are convinced that it could help others who are interested in this.
0: And can, can I ask you, I love philosophy myself. I told you I teach uh, the Summa Theologia by St. Thomas Aquinas. Is there a particular philosophical... Uh, I, I guess, a uh, model that you subscribe to particularly? Are you Aristotelian, Thomistic,
2: uh, 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 or uh, Augustinian, or is there anybody in particular that you, 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 you lean towards? Well, uh, yes. St. Thomas Aquinas, number one. Number two, Teilhard de Chardin, but he has some problems. Okay. And interestingly enough, the ideas that, that drive this book come from a combination of those two. Okay. Now, let's get right into it. Now that we've gotten
0: to know you guys a little bit. Uh, again, the book is called The Fallen Angel Model, Deeper Into the Mysteries. And as Deacon Ron Morgan said, nothing contradicts the teachings of the Catholic Church. But as you all have de- uh, kind of explained, you're presenting a new idea here. So I'm just going to read, if I may, the back. Uh, description of the book just to get us started in the conversation. It says modern science tells us that our physical universe began in a highly ordered but unstable non-physical state where even the laws of physics were not fully formed. It's almost like something spiritual became broken. Evidence for design is apparent in evolution and has baffled scientists for decades. Yet it is a world full of evil, suffering and death. On the other hand, Scripture tells us that God created everything and it was good. But when Lucifer and other angels fell, all hell broke loose, literally. Can we reconcile these two accounts of creation in a way that provides deeper insights into the mysteries of both the scientific and the biblical accounts of creation? The fallen angel model addresses that question by speculating on whether our evolving universe, filled with physical and moral evils, is somehow linked to the fall of the angels. Okay, so that 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 makes sense to me, but we've got a lot to flesh out here. And then I'll just real quickly, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Thomas uh, Shahan, is that right? Institute for the Theological Encounter with Science and Technology said, quote, this book has to do with how the creation of the universe came about and where evil came from. This treatise is the most unique and original idea I've seen in theology in 50 years. No small statement or endorsement there. So, okay, so that, that lays the, the foundation, the, the framework. Um, Deacon Ron Morgan, tell us uh, um, about Joe. Joe's already kind of explained how important it is for the three of you to have come together. Mm-hmm. What was the inspiration for, from your, from your perspective for writing this book?
1: Well, as we go along, you'll see that we uh, originally had this idea in 1979, uh, but we couldn't get any traction with anybody. They just didn't seem to have an interest. And so, uh, I thought all the time I would think about the model that we were, that we were, uh, envisioning. And, uh, but I didn't really do anything with it. Then here uh, in the last few years, uh, started thinking about the physics, the science and how that might dovetail in or make sense out of our model. That's <laughs> when I got excited because things started fitting together.
0: Yeah. Now <clears throat> there's a lot. To unpack here, you know, and just in that, that brief description, uh, there, there's the, the physical world, there's a spiritual world, there's the fall of man, there's the angels. So, um, (laughs) Joe, can you kind of piece together what, what's the, what's the elevator speech of your premise here for this book? If you're, you know, the elevator speech, you know, 20, 30 seconds, what, what, what are you all trying to get at here and, 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 and prove, I guess, in a sense, or, or at
2: least throw out there for, for, uh, discussion? Okay, there's uh, a few paradigms that people have. Mm -hmm. Materialists, of course, believe there is nothing but the physical. The physical is real, the real is physical, and that's it. Of course, they don't believe in God or angels or anything like that. Most of the people that are believers believe that, obviously, the physical world exists, but they believe that the spiritual world exists. And they see that as a separate, or not a separate, but more of a distinct Reality mm-hmm. and, and and they don't see any crossover. That's kind of deeply embedded that that notion, which which raises to me as a philosopher such things as well. Then how does the soul interact with the body? Mm-hmm. Stuff, stuff like that. But the deeper question uh, is that those are the two paradigms, and and what we what we have seen here is that there's really another paradigm. There's a paradigm where there's the physical. And you could what we call the not so physical, and the non physical. And uh, we we see the non physical in this world. The spiritual is also non physical, but that's with God and distinct. Mm-hmm. We're not going to write an equation for the spiritual world. So yeah, we don't, don't <laughs> want to go there. So when when you look at it that way, it opens up possibilities that that don't uh, otherwise exist. Yeah, and and. Uh, you see traces of this not-so-physical in modern physics. Mm -hmm. That was one of Ron's big ideas, that if if the spiritual somehow led to the physical, we should see traces of the non-physical, and you do when you get to quantum mechanics and relativity. There are behaviors that cannot be
1: explained purely physical.
2: Then when you look, you want
1: to take over for a while? No, I'll, I'll comment on why it's one, one universe.
2: Well, St. Thomas Aquinas said the angels are part of our universe. Mm-hmm. They do not constitute a separate universe. Yeah. And they're in space. They're, and, they're in, yeah. And, and, they, and they can exist in, in, in space time. So the, the, the idea, it may help if I go through how we got the idea trying to put things is that okay? together. Yeah, yeah, sure. Try to give you a yeah. chronological. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we, we knew from St. Thomas Aquinas that there was God. He created angels, man, or humans, and he called it the great chain of being. It went from God at the top to all the way to matter, and then something at the bottom he called prime matter. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that makes sense, but it doesn't address two of the modern things that we've learned from science. One is evolution, and the other is change of state. Okay, Evolution, we know things change gradually over time. And with change of state, you get a sudden change. Something goes from this to that. Water freezes. When it freezes, the equations of look don't apply anymore for fluid flow. Thing,
1: when something changes state, it enters a distinct realm. And this is something St. Thomas Aquinas wasn't aware of science and evolution. Mm-hmm. He, he couldn't that. Then. then you go look at Teilhard de Chardin. Who, who basically
2: saw the, the Big Bang and the evolution of the universe as described by science? In other words, there was the Big Bang, things evolved over billions of years, and finally you got to you had animals and plants, and finally humans evolved, and then the church, a soul infused, and so forth. But when you look at him, you you, you see that there are no angels. Mm-hmm. This was God's creative process. Tanteur yeah. de Chardin. And yet it seems strange to us that God is spirit. It seems like God would create angels. Mm-hmm. So we put those two on a piece of paper. We yeah. were looking at them. We saw Thomas, he had no evolution and no angel, and, and and excuse me, no change of state. We saw Teilhard, who had evolution, change of state. He agrees with science because what you see is the creative process. Mm-hmm. The problem is that there's all this evil and suffering, and there are no angels. And we looked at that, this is, and we looked at it, and then one, we had those two charts in front of us. And then one of us said, well, let's talk about the angels. And they drew, we drew an arrow from the angels down because they sinned and they fell. That's well-known doctrine. It's in St. Thomas and, and, and in our doctrine. Then one of us, and we honestly don't remember who it was, <laughs> drew an arrow from the fall of the angels to the Big Bang on the Teilhard's chart. Mm. and said, what if there was a connection there? Mm. See, we're trying to put these two great thinkers
1: together. Right, oh, right. As soon as we drew the arrow, we got chills.
2: So the
0: fall <laughs> of the angels was the catalyst for the Big Bang? Is that, is that the, the what you're, you're close, saying? You're
1: close right there. Okay.
0: Let, let, me, let me just uh, back up and because people are listening right now. and Of course, people um, are aware that there's angels and that, that's a dogma of our faith. You have to believe in angels to be a Catholic, right? It's, it's something that uh, we, we, we believe. Uh creation interestingly, the creation account in Genesis doesn't mention angels I remember i have actually we've been talking about this. They talk about God created the heavens and the earth, but there's no mention of angels. Do you find that interesting uh and I'm not saying they weren't
1: created, but on well, which day uh, saint augustine it's in our book we quoted him yeah uh, he says when in Genesis when it said, uh, Let there be light, yeah. That was the creation of the angels. Right, right. And that was before any materiality, any space-time stuff yeah. was mentioned in Genesis. And we always got to keep in mind, Genesis is not a scientific account. Yes. But we need to, you know, reference it correctly. Yeah. And so we have that in our book, um, <laughs> that that particular quote. But that is it is interesting that they don't mention the angels. But what? Are the, why would they mention the angels? Because, you know, they had they had a tough job, you know? Yeah. They didn't have all the science we had. And, the, you know, the writing, the Genesis was written, you know, as part of God's love story, trying to get us uh, to, to see, you know, how everything came about, so... They, I don't think they had any reason to have angels right there.
0: Right. So they're pur- pure intellect and will, no bodies, right? And, and then, of course, the infused knowledge, um, Thomas says that they were basically, that their judgment happened uh, pretty much when they were created, right? Because they didn't have to go through 70, 80 years of, you know, discerning whether they're going to follow God. So uh, tell us about that. I'm intrigued by this connection and how how that works. You said I was close in saying the 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 the, the, the fall of the angels was the catalyst of the big
1: bang. We, but- we established uh, very clearly, and this is real important, that the angels were created before any materiality, before any space time things. Okay. Now that we have uh, quotes in there and references to the church fathers who support that, of course we don't know, but it's okay to. Uh, Consider that the angels were created before the resiny materiality, and it kind of makes sense. God transcends space and time, so imagine before He's created anything, what that would be, and that'd be all spiritual. And so now He's going to create an angel, and uh, why would there be disorder and materiality in the spiritual realm? The angels are spiritual. God's spiritual. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. Keep, we have to establish that that they were created first before mm. the world. Yeah. D- d- is there an
0: implication here that the material world is something negative? No. Uh, no. Okay. Because, no, no. uh, of course, that, that's heretical. And I'm not saying that you guys, I just wanted to no, make that. Because it sounds no. like if, if there's a something physical happens we're, when there's a fall, it seems like maybe this is not a good we're, thing. We're on well, red
1: alert. We're on red
2: okay, alert. Yeah. We, we can spend some time on that. Yeah. We, we so, will. So we, we, as we were putting those charts together, we, we turned to St. Thomas to find out, well, what happened when the angels fell? I mean, where else would you go, right? Yeah. And so he, we, we went there, and we found that, that he had a, quite a bit of a discussion on that. On, he discussed what they, they lost. He was very adamant that they did not lose anything that was due to their nature, mm-hmm. that the, the, they're like, kind of like an electron. You either have it or you don't. You yeah. don't have a half of an electron. You don't have a half of an angel. And, I mean, of course, they're in, different don't misunderstand me on that but so when they sent but God had given them gifts he 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 gave them powers he he gave them the, the ability to love God and they had an, an order of the angels they were they were ordered by how the closer ones to God had power over the other ones and they had the ability to love and and uh, many many gifts beyond what they had by their nature mhm And when they fell, we know it was a sin of pride. It was, you know, they wanted to be God and so forth. Kind of like you can pluck a guitar string, but if you pluck it too hard, it breaks. When something tries to get outside of its nature, it breaks. Mm -hmm. Some of them wanted more than than they had and could have, and they sinned and they fell, and they were thrown out of heaven, and they lost those gifts. Those were spiritual gifts. They were good. They were ordered you, you can imagine if there's some power there, some kind of energy, you always see them as dim. Mm-hmm. They spoken of as dim. They, you know, they darkened. lost, darkened. They've yeah. lost energy. Well, we began to wonder, well, what happened to that energy? St. Thomas doesn't discuss it. We had never found it anywhere. We began to think, well, maybe that energy is what became the stuff of the Big Bang. Mm. So the next step was to go, well, what? Now we're on the physics side. Yeah, So we started to go look at what does the early universe look like? Yeah. Well, this is where it gets really interesting because the physicists describe the early universe as very highly ordered. Entropy is a measure of disorder, maybe
0: mm-hmm.
1: zero entropy. Yeah, uh, And at 10 to the minus 43 seconds is as far back as the physicists and cosmologists can reference because it just didn't make any sense for any smaller amount of time. Mm-hmm. Right there, that's the moment of the Big Bang. What appears is all the uh, forces and fields that we know about, they were all unified. They were kind of like all together. You couldn't distinguish one from the other. Yeah. There was no matter. There was no electrons, protons, neutrons. At that point, it was just in almost perfect order. Yeah right on the other side of that there was perfect order yeah. almost, almost spiritual until the fall until no. the, until the end, it, it, end until space time began
0: yeah and when
1: space time began there you there was not matter itself, there was just these fields which uh are hard to describe they sometimes call it the super force, so it would be electromagnetic weak strong, and gravity all kind of unified together, and you can't distinguish one from the other now that's Mm non-physical there's no there's not even laws of physics at that point it's too early
0: yeah let me just remind everybody i'm speaking to deacon ron morgan and joe provenzano they are two of the three authors of a book called the fallen angel model deeper into the mysteries and uh dan provenzano is joe uh and linda's son and he is not here but he is the scientist and uh, he has a phd in applied physics and so uh very intriguing so is um the, 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 fall of the angels to the Big Bang as the, um, the, 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 the fall in, uh, the fall of Adam and Eve is to original sin. Is,
1: they're very is, similar. Is, is,
0: is that a good parallel to We well, have
1: to be real careful.
0: Though. I know, because that, that's a bad thing, you, you, and you're, you're saying no, it's that, not bad. It's no. just well, that,
2: original sin's bad.
0: Well, well it is. <laughs> yeah. but, well, it's a hot
2: topic. <laughs> also. Yeah, but, but there are similarities. Yeah. I mean, with, with this, with this model, the angels sinned and as a result of that, we got this evolving physical universe, which led to what we have today. Mm-hmm. With Adam and Eve, they were in a higher almost spiritual state. They sinned, and we got the world we have today. So there's yeah. some parallels. Yeah. We're leaving that to the theologians.
1: Okay. Yeah, we what have I mean. nothing about Adam and Eve or original sin in our book. Okay. If, if, if,
2: if the account of, from science is correct about the evolution of the universe, from starting with the Big Bang and evolving for 13 Point eight billion years, and you know the the story is true uh, about creation. Then the fall of the angels would have been thirteen billion years before the humans even evolved. Mm-hmm. So what God may have done with them is separate from our point here. Yeah, it, okay. it came much later. God, it may have intervened, or He may not. Have. we have it, we have nothing to say and about. And it's that. not
1: that we don't have a lot of ideas about what you brought up, mm-hmm. original sin, but. And our book, we're just trying to establish this model.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, somebody listening may say, "Why? Why does it matter? Why, why? 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 And I know you're trying to connect these two things, and there's you know some mystery surrounding both of them. Uh, to to why, why? Why? would somebody say that, why? Why, why, why I, is this
1: important? That's where I got excited. Yeah, when I started to see these connections, uh, these everything's fit everything we've tried, especially physics. The cosmology fits. The uh, hard question of where evil came from, this is an insight for that, a huge insight. Mm -hmm. Um, People are leaving the church. In fact, they're leaving many faith-based systems. And one of the reasons is, uh, you know, the pendulum has swung from uh, the church is right to science is right. And so... Part of our task is to help reconcile faith with science. Yeah, and so in the early part of the book, we actually start with physics. And as Joe said earlier, the materialists say that physical equals real. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it ain't real, then it's not physical. There's yeah. just no wiggle room there. Okay, yeah. and they and they do that with their physics also. I mean, they're they're trying some of the physicists, maybe most. Are trying to use that uh, principle when their experiments are showing the opposite, and that's that 's what we demonstrate in the early part of the book we cover it there 's no new physics in our book there 's no new theology either yeah there's no new physics, but we point out what the experiments are revealing, and uh, to do that, we just introduce a different category and we go through it really slow and we 'll do that maybe in a minute and so Why does it matter? Because it ties so many things together. Look what we're, (laughs) look what we're addressing. We're, we're saying we have some, uh, new ideas about where the universe came from. Uh, we have uh, ideas about how materialism is incorrect. Uh, we have an idea, uh, about that's enough right there. Can, can,
0: can, can I interject for a second? Because yeah. uh, some of the light bulbs are going off in my head, and you tell me if I'm on the right track. A lot of times, you know, a, a theist, uh, a believer will say God created the world, right? And yes. somebody, and I've, I've had this discussion with people, they'll say, no, nope, the world started with the Big Bang, and and then the theist would say, well, who created the Big Bang, right? Because it yeah, they, had to have, where'd that energy come from, because it had to have had a creator, that's kind of what y'all are saying here, right? That, you you're, you're giving an answer to what created the Big Bang. Be, for people who say... We're giving that, that an idea. Yeah, a, a suggestion that, that it came from the energy of the fallen angels. The lost uh, energy. The, the lost energy, that, yes. Where yeah,
2: they, they,
1: they they remained angels and fell, but... Okay. We, we should say real quick, Ephesians 6. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities, that you know, the fallen angels. Mm-hmm. So when God created the angels... There was Lucifer. Now, Lucifer was the highest ordered angel of all. He was beautiful. He was intelligent. And uh, <laughs> he's standing in front of God and he doesn't say, Hey, I'm going to go do my own thing. He says, I'm going to war. It's in Revelation. War broke out in heaven. That's our faith. Mm-hmm. Why would he do that? And what's he going to go to war about? Because I guess he knows there's going to be human souls to yeah. go fight. So, you know, all of that's got to be calculated in there also, and it fits with this model. One of the things that really, uh, and
0: I, I, find this is a great advantage. Uh, somebody may say, yeah, I'd like to get this book, but it's probably 500 pages, uh, long and it take me a, a summer to get through it. It's, it's not a long book at all. I'm holding it here and it's, uh, I think you said, it's under, 100, uh, under 130 pages long. Uh, and so it really could be read in one sitting. And it's, well, uh, it, yes. it's, it's
2: remarkable that something this deep can be so brief. We spent three years rewriting this book. Mm hmm. And uh, over a hundred revisions, and a lot of people looking at it. It had the 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 first fifty pages is the main book, and it's a big font. It's it's pretty yeah. easy to read. And then the remaining sixty something pages are appendices. There's about ten or eleven appendices in there that go into detail. They're all optional reading. There are no equations. Even in there's one appendix that has equations. I, my son wrote. Uh, an interpretation of quantum mechanics, where he basically makes the case that it 's not purely physical mm-hmm. it 's kind of a dagger in the heart of materialism, and it has not been well accepted by the physicists because as Ron pointed out, they don 't like that imagine mm-hmm. if some of the imagine if some of, if, if that idea of the not so physical caught on to some of these universities and some of the physics departments were to say, you know, there is a non-physical reality. It would be a dagger to the heart of
1: materialism. Yeah, we need to to describe or explain what we mean by these terms. Physical is obvious. A mm-hmm. baseball is physical. Uh, non-physical, you can't measure it or it can't be described by the laws of physics. It has to be both. And you can't detect it either. You can't detect
0: Give it. me an example of a non-physical.
1: Uh, there are some things proposed by the physicists. We have a whole chapter on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get to be real careful here, and not to do anything. Uh, no, not introduce any new ideas. But yeah. so we have a whole chapter like a virtual particle is not really anything you can measure in the lab. Yeah. But it could be. I know this is going to sound technical, but it could be an underlying disturbance of the electron field. You know, it's it's something that might be there, but you can't detect it. But yeah. they need it
2: in the equations. And yeah. They argue that it doesn't really exist. Because yeah. they can't measure
0: it. Can I bring up something you mentioned earlier? Uh, I think, Joe, you said it. Uh, you mentioned prime matter. That's something that is intriguing me. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but my understanding of prime matter is kind of like formless matter, the, the matter that, uh, was used by God to create the physical world, but before it, it was, um, attached to, uh, form. It was, is, is that, is that, a, does that play into this at all? Because you, know, you, you mentioned it. He, you know, he
1: didn't have, he didn't have science. So I think that's a he's using that in a philosophical sense, isn't he? It is, but you could almost, in a way, think of the Big Bang almost as as,
2: as prime matter. You could, yeah, because there's there's no matter there. There's right. no there's no mass. Yeah. It's all fields of stuff that. But, be, ma- but, but matter was created from that. From that. Yeah, it, right.
1: it emerged from, from that it. though. But no, at the at the po- moment of the Big Bang, there's no matter until. Yeah, a little while. You know, later. I, yeah. I, I'm going to point out one of potential
2: objection to what we have and try to make a case for our case against it. Some people say, well, God directly created the physical universe. If you believe in science, he did not do that. Mm -hmm. The Big Bang is the the way God created the physical universe. Mm -hmm. And the Big Bang, as Ron pointed out earlier— it's not physical by any stretch of the imagination. It's a tiny little speck where the whole universe is in this tiny little area,
1: or a big change of state from mm. the spiritual to the yeah the and fields
2: fields, and 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 there's no matter, and it, and over billions of years you finally get the physical universe. So everything came from this little speck At, of uh, non-physical,
0: like packed. Energy, would that how, be kind of... It, it, it's or, hard to or, yeah. a phase right.
2: change or something that looks yeah. like it came from right. something small. But the point is it was small yeah. compared to now, and, and it's been evolving ever since. So God did not directly create the physical universe. He created mm-hmm. this non-physical thing that was highly ordered, like it slipped out of the spiritual, but broken mm-hmm. and starting to evolve. Cosmologists say that, fit together.
1: that was the Lewis entropy mm-hmm. that... Uh, in other words, the highest order yeah. that the universe has ever been in. Right. Michelle Kaku, the famous
2: physicist that's on TV a lot, you you see him. He describes the early, very earliest universe as a broken crystal. Mm. It, it was perfect, and then it broke. Yeah, but physicists have no clue to think about what could possibly have been perfect. That's why you turn to theology, and the only the only candidate that could make sense in our minds is. The perfect gifts that God gave the angels that they lost mm-hmm. and became broken. You, you can see how these pieces kind of fit yeah, together. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, Deacon Ron Morgan, you said something a moment ago about people have lost their faith. Yeah, yes. And we, we know that. The statistics are horrible. People are leaving the church. They're, they're not believing in God. Atheism is on the rise. So how do you take something like this that's pretty deep? you know, and, and, was, and, and, was, yeah, how, how do you get this to the common person so that they can say, ah. Oh,
1: I was going yes. to describe, because we need to do this to get there, uh, our category of the not-so-physical. And so uh, that category is you can measure it, but it, it's not described by the laws of physics, or it's following the laws of physics, but you can't measure it. It's, it's got one foot in each of those, right, Joe? That's right. It, it has it's, at least – Let me give an example, okay? It's going to sound a little technical, but I'm going to try my best. It's uh, in the appendix – we have a chapter called the Aronoff-Bohm effect. Now, this is a real scientific experiment, okay? And in a nutshell, they have a solenoid, and they have a current in it, and it creates a magnetic field. It's kind of like you wrap a wire around a pencil. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've done that you know, in school somewhere and see that it affects the compass. So in other words, it's a coil. You run a current through it. You get a magnetic field. Now, what if I shield that field and shield that solenoid? And then I cannot measure any magnetic field out there. And it doesn't leak at the top and all. In fact, the experiment goes so far to put a uh, superconductor shield around it. This is We're talking about a solenoid. It's like a thinner than a hair. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a really small thing. But there's no field. And then we have two electron beams going along each side. And we find out that something's affecting those. This is a quantum mechanical effect. Something is affecting the phase of those electron paths and you get an interference screen mm-hmm. an interference pattern on the screen and I can dial in a different current changes the interference pattern so the question is what's affecting the phase of those electron wave functions what's affecting the phase of them well it's not a magnetic field because that's not present so the scientists call it the vector potential so it's a, it's a field called the vector potential field so Richard Feynman was asked, how is that a real field? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, it's a real field because it avoids action at a distance. Or think of it as some numbers that give you a value at a point. <laughs> well, there's not a lot of real stuff right there, was mm-hmm. there? So that, that experiment fits our uh, category of not so physical. Yeah, It's a real physical experiment. There's, you can't yeah. measure it, but it's causing an effect.
0: Yeah,
2: that's uh, pretty deep stuff. That's pretty uh, deep. Yeah, that's let, me, deep. let me give Let's a keep, simpler example. Okay, <laughs> you, you 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 send an f- electron, one electron or one s- fundamental particle through two slits, and, and and you find that you get it hits somewhere on the wall. They find that it's a that it's a that it's a dif- that you can't. The physicists cannot explain this pattern that hits the wall because mm-hmm. it's random. They can predict statistically where it's going, but they can't do it. So they, can, they the, somehow the, electric, the particle goes through both slits, but they don't tell you how. Mm-hmm. And so when you ask a physicist what is, what's the outcome of the experiment, they can predict where it's going to go with quantum mechanics, but they cannot tell you what happens between the slits and the wall. Okay. They say you can't ask the question. Yeah. All right, let me
0: let me because I'm, I'm looking at the the time here, and uh, we only have about 10 minutes remaining. Wow. And uh, yeah, time's going by very fast. Let me let me just kind of cut to the chase here, uh, because in the in the introduction, the, the the back description of the book, you talk about uh, suffering, you talk about um, I believe that's in there, right? Uh, of course, the fall, uh, a world full of evil, suffering, and death. Um, so what does this all mean to the person looking out and saying, because it's, it's one of the biggest reasons why people don't believe in God is that, yeah, how can you explain, you know, child abuse or, or, or horrible, my, my mom died or, you know, how does all this tie together to
1: the, the practical realities of people's life? And, And keep in mind that there's not a really good explanation out there, is there? No, there's not. So we think that our model gives an insight to that. Fair enough.
2: Uh, when, when you look at the evolving universe, let's say if if God directly created the Big Bang, then he's somehow responsible. We've been talking about before. We're not talking about morally. We're talking about mm-hmm. physical evil for now. Mm-hmm. If if God directly created the Big Bang, he's somehow responsible for this process. Mm-hmm. With Taylor Desjardins, he didn't have any choice. Others feel that God just did it but with our model, God created the angels, they were good, they had free will, and God recognizes the consequences of free will. So the consequences of free will triggered this process, and then God looked at it, and like the one lost sheep or the one lost coin, he could have ignored it because he didn't directly create it. Mm-hmm. He, he, he created the angels. It all came from his creation. It all came out of nothing. It's an effect, yeah. But it's a second effect. So, God saw that, and rather than ignoring it, he knew the Redeemer was planned from the beginning.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: he knew he could pull good from bad, and in fact that's what happened. So, God isn't actually guilty, if you will, of creating the evil, but he is responding to it, and he's respecting the consequences of free will, and he does all he can to save as many souls. Mm
1: -hmm. So, you know, before God created anything, he's god he's but he's the father the son and the holy spirit and he's the son is the redeemer so god's essence somehow he's the redeemer what's he going to redeem before he creates anything Mm -hmm. so it all kind of comes together i mean we don't have all the answers but you
0: don't need need a redeemer until you have sin right right so if
1: you're going to create the angels if they don't have free will then that's not really love and so God is love. So all of this has to fit together somehow.
0: Yeah. Um, tell me about, ha- have you had any? Peer review, as they say in the uh, intellectual world, or people, the physicists, or the theologians, or philosophers that have read this. Of course, we read that one um, endorsement. How are people receiving this, other than uh, T- Tana Shahin, who seems to be pretty impressed with it? What are well, people saying? When
1: we, were, when we first published it, we sent copies of the book to all the members of ITEST. And again, that's the Institute for Theological Encounters with Science and Technology. Faith.org. <laughs> FaithScience.org
0: FaithScience.org that, yeah, That's
1: okay. the and Their website. organization tries to reconcile faith with science And, uh, you know, there, there's PhDs there, These are uh, usually theologians or scientists There's the several, 26 bishops, I believe mm-hmm. I, I've been a member of that for like 25 years Yeah, okay. our book went to 29 bishops So then after that, we had a webinar And uh, it was about an hour long uh, We introduced ourselves and said a few things And then we entertained questions and comments and uh we we do have a a theologian or two or three that we're talking to as a result of that webinar mm. but uh we're we have a whole plan you know to reach out to uh people with credentials and uh, to get their interest and to get their input that yeah.
2: webinar by the way is is available at the website at at uh, either the iTest website which is faith.faithscience.org or at InRoute Books and Media if you go to our there's a Fallen Angel Model page there at that you can find mm-hmm. at, and Route books and media. Yeah, and, just
0: remind everybody the book is called The Fallen Angel Model: Deeper into the Mysteries. Uh, Joe Provenzano and his son Dan Provenzano, and also Deacon Ron Morgan. Uh, Joe and R- Deacon Ron are both in studio here with me as well. Uh, do, do you think uh, th- th- I'm sure people listening right now are thinking like, oh gosh, he, he said it's a short book and it's big font, and but but am I going to be able to make sense of this? Is who's who's your audience? Would you like You know, we we think it's reader friendly.
1: Okay, Uh, the first forty pages we think is very reader friendly, but this is a treatise more than a book, and so uh, we we just get to it, (laughs) and we try to make everything connect. And then for those who want more support or more substantiation, that's what our appendix does. Okay, you know, it gets a little more technical back there, but uh, we feel like it'll, you know, the purpose of the book is to get this model on the table to help the church make sense out of some of the issues that are not making sense mm-hmm. right now.
2: What, one of the nuns that uh, gave the opening prayer, uh, she was inspired by this book and wrote what she called Psalm 151. Mm-hmm. And and, and she, she says when she first looked at it, she thought, I don't want to read that book. But someone, one of the other sisters read it and said, you need to look at it. And she says that she gave us very glowing report on how well she thought it was written, in the sense that it was not dumbed down, but it was, but it was still easy to read.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and uh, and at the end of her psalm, uh, one of her phrases was not so physical. We nearly that, fell out of our chair. Never thought we'd hear that in a prayer, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we did.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
2: it, of- it's for anyone who would like to who either needs to or would like to reconcile their faith with science. Mm-hmm. And in a real way with a real event, not just some abstract, ah yeah, they fit. Yeah. But
0: now when we tiny. get into like uh anthropology or obviously man is you know, really important in the the order of creation, you know, the the I think we we could say that the the animal world is for, you know, to to serve man and even to some degree the angels are, right? Uh and Jesus Christ became man. He didn't become an angel. Uh, so some people may say, well, gosh, it sounds like you're saying that man was just kind of an effect, maybe an, even an accident of well God really inc- intended to create the angels and then gave them free will and they fell and the Big Bang created the material world and they ha- happened to be man involved in that. It seems to maybe denigrate man. What would you say to that?
1: Well, following the physics and cosmology, you know, like we said, at the very at the moment of the Big Bang, there isn't anything material per se. And then there's, a, they say, an inflationary period where everything just expands incredibly rapidly. And then we get some electrons and photons and protons and neutrons. Then we get the hydrogen atom. And then things continue to evolve. They keep evolving. But there's some within. There's some implicate order in all this because it's all headed towards what? What we see when we look out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... That's that's what turned out, and we're here. So somehow, 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 when all this is happening, you know, we're going to appear, and that's because of God. God's involved. He's very Very, involved. Do we have the mechanism? No, but you know, that's part of the evolution story. But
2: He's involved from the beginning. He promised Christ, the Redeemer, would come and
1: enter this world.
0: To,
2: yeah, it's,
1: it's amazing. We we don't change anything with Catholic theology. Yeah, we're just trying to get the model on the table, and we have lots of thoughts about you know man and what happens. Right.
0: One of my favorite words uh, in philosophy is uh, teleology. Okay, you know God God directing all things to their end. Uh, Thomas uses the the arrow the and the archer example a lot in the Summa. How does this tie into you know, all things working together in God's providence, perhaps even predestination. What would you say about that? I, How does this fit
2: into providence? I would say that this that, that this idea shows God pulling good from evil. The, the, there's, the, Disorder. the, the fundamental premise is that uh, God is good, everything he creates is good, but what he creates has free will mm-hmm. and there's consequences. But those consequences are not the end. Mm-hmm. He works with those consequences to produce even more consciousness, yeah. and and sends his son to work with that. It is it is the the ultimate story to me of of God's involvement yet recognizing the consequences of free will. Yeah. We're down to our last
0: uh, few minutes here, and I just want to give you each a chance to kind of make the final, the, the, you know, what, whatever else we haven't talked about that you would like that you think is important, and of course, also of course, we've got to include how people can pick up the book. If it's on in Catholic bookstores, we always send them there first. Do they need to go to Amazon or directly to your website? But just, uh, uh, why don't we start with you, Deacon Ron uh, Morgan, and just uh, what would you like our, our audience to know on the Final minutes here.
1: How it can help people struggling with their faith? How it can help with the uh, problem of people leaving the church? Uh, one, we show how materialism is incorrect. Can you imagine the universities if they thought that that was? They included that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We address where where evil came from with a new, fresh insight, a new way of looking at it. We tie together the, the link from Scripture, the fall of the angels. With real physics, and so that helps bring science and faith closer together. They can't be separate. I mean, the mm-hmm. as, as I test always says the science. The author of nature is also the author of uh, science.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen.
1: Did I say that right? No, uh, I didn't say that right. Did I? I think, well, I'll the
0: think. author of nature is the author of science. There we yeah. go. Okay, God, yes. Yeah, God. God is the author, the author of, of science, of, right? Of, the,
2: of scripture so, as well. tr- And so, truth is truth. Okay. Scripture and science have to agree. Yeah, Joe. Uh, last uh, last words. What else should our audience know? I consider this an idea and answered prayer. I, I prayed for this and got this, and and that's that's who it's for. It, it's it's uh, we can't prove it. We're not saying anyone has to sign up to it. But we think it belongs on the table, mm-hmm. along with all the other ideas that are out yeah. there. You can get the book at, at – uh, uh, you can go to the website Enroute Books and Media. Uh, you can get it at Amazon. It's a Kindle version or a paperback. And uh, Is that enroutebooksandmedia.com? or do you that, know uh, just, I, yes
0: yeah. I believe it's, okay. En-Route. En-Route. It's, it's on the back there
1: you yeah. can find it okay. yeah. I think it is Enroute yeah, just, Books just Google and Enroute En-Route, yeah. Books and Media.
0: Okay. Yeah. E-N-R-O-U-T-E like Enroute um, uh, the book again The Fallen Angel Model Deeper Into the Mysteries I I feel like even 45 minutes wasn't enough <laughs> that's why I was like we're not getting this into 20 minutes I can guarantee you that and something tells me y'all aren't finished uh, no. sequel <laughs> or uh, uh, a
2: part two or uh, something that we, maybe maybe down the road we, we just want to get it on the table and get it get it out there, and we feel like the the ideas do not stand on our credibility.
1: The mm-hmm. ideas stand on their own. Yeah, amen. We're, we're seeking input from people who speak for the church.
0: All right. Uh, well, thank you very much for coming in. Again, thanks to uh, our our mutual buddy, Steve Porter, who I know is listening to this. And Steve, thank you for recommending this interview. Uh, the Fallen Angel Model: Deeper into the Mysteries. Uh, Joe Provenzano, Deacon Ron Morgan, and Dan uh, Provenzano. And uh, thank, thank you very much for writing this. I think we it's are be reachable, a to people. reachable yeah.
1: through the through the. Uh, you want to give a contact information of how people can get a hold of you if they have any questions? Or? I'll give you my email. Okay, Ron D is in day, Morgan at gmail dot com.
0: Ron D Morgan at gmail.com. Easy enough. Okay,
2: and mine is Joe Pro at ProAndSons.com. Okay. P-R-O-A-N-D-S-O-N-S.com. Okay. me and the boys. That's our philosophy
0: business. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks so much. Great uh, conversation. Hope you all enjoyed this.
1: Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at GRNOnline.com and on your smartphone.